NXT is the story of those with the audacity and the ability to stand tall on the threshold of greatness. Their story is unfolding today. Now is their time. They must defeat all limitations, leave nothing to chance, leave nothing behind. NXT is the gateway to the future, and the future begins now. Are you ready? Drop. NXT Full Sail Era song fucking gets you going, dude. I was the, the, it was seven thirty in the morning this morning, and I was jumping up and down on the, the couch. The next one's the one that gets me. Like the, the roar of the crowd, stop your feet to the ground. That was the one. I'm just like, oh, dude. I should have done. I, I should have done a little pre-production because I thought we could go right into our theme song right there, and then and then do normal intros. No, but no, no, I fucked it up. This nope. is fine. This is fine. <laughs> No, it's fine. This is this is fine. Hey, y'all. Hello. Welcome <laughs> to Genuine Wrestle Boys, a podcast of four friends made better friends through a love of professional wrestling. I'm Derek. Oh, hey there. I'm Matt. Hello. I'm Eastside. Uh, I'm Zach, and yeah, I like if podcast is a family. I'm the the gay cousin. <laughs> Sometimes, but yeah, I guess. Well, I'm the Mexican cousin. Are we but, all cousins then? I mean, is, am I? Am I, can, I ever, yeah, you're saying was, I have been mistaken for brothers before? Because if you're fat and into the summer and I'm tan, then you look the same. That's interesting. You must get dark as hell when you tan. So I, I, I was on a medication at one point in my life where my skin got very dark, uh, problematic dark. I, I to huh. be honest, <laughs> he, he, I did. I think it was blackface. I, I think like, it was what after. I think it was after this podcast had started when I found out that you were white. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. I got that. Sometimes I get that olive skin, but I'm white as hell. Except I don't know. Half half my life is a mystery. Maybe it's probably maybe you're Italiano. No, what else is a mystery? Evolution. <laughs> Are you ready? Turn turn that one turnstile song. I'm I'm everyone else on this podcast. I know and I like them too now. And and myself, I like I like them too. I know yeah. a lot, but it's that's... good. It's objectively good music. Okay, that show sold out quick as fuck. Yep, I'm gonna be there. Jealousy, right. jealousy. Zach, you primed us in our group chat about a dream, and I need this. I did. I, I did. I've um, been wondering about this. Oh, yeah. I, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, NXT. Last week, we talked about the game show era. Now, we're going to talk about uh, Bo Dallas. Now, we're setting, up, we're setting up shop at Full Sail University. <laughs> and so, you know, nothing quite describes, I think, the, like, looking back on the this era of NXT and 
um, in WWE in general and in NXT as a developmental system than the uh, the experience of what happens when you get to the main roster as one of those people. So last night I had a dream out of nowhere. Um, I was a uh, uh, Chad Gable. You were um, Chad Gable. I was Chad Gable. Alpha in this strong, dream, alpha strong. Which you know, finally it got to be short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been taller than Chad Gable since fifth grade. Yeah, but, I'm jealous you know, of short kings too. Yeah, but uh, uh, so in in this dream, uh, I was uh, competing on Raw in a uh, suplex derby, which was literally just how many suplexes can you do, and won, and I won a truck. <laughs> cool. But, like they do in like home run derbies. I was say that in, sounds like, like that sounds like a like a promotional event in like a Nebraska parking lot in but, like, the nineties. But it like very much wasn't like. In, a, in WWE, it's like, oh, if there's ever a contest, that becomes the person's gimmick. Like, right. you know, it was just like my truck now. And I was just driving now it. Now you're Chad Gable, the show. truck guy? No, so you you don't know this person, but you are going to become them. Their name was Tookie Tucker, the wrestling trucker. Tookie? I, I love that. But actually what happened is uh, get to get to a show in my truck, get out, and Vince is there. And he goes, oh, that's a nice truck. That's what you're gonna be now. You're truck kid. <laughs> and so the rest and the rest of my dream, I was truck kid. Cool. That was my entire gimmick. And I didn't come out in a truck like Eddie Guerrero or anything. I just went out there in my Tron said truck kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if y'all want to see the debut of Truck Kid, go back and rewatch Rosalind 2 on IWTV. <laughs> truck Kid makes, I'm gonna, truck kid I, makes I, a run in on Malachi Black. Head taken clean off. <laughs> Unprompted, run in, uh, it's, and it's, a hit, it's a hit and run in, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's a, that's the finisher right there, the hit and run. <laughs> but they, but you wow. lose every time because you just like larry at them and then leave, and then <laughs> just count grab it, them, get like, and, and say, oh, say okay. I I, I that, did it that, for the rock. That's a fucking that's a a gimmick I can see happening like in like comedy indies. Like oh, oh, you just like rock. clothesline them from hell. It's an obvious one, two, three, but you're like, I gotta get hit, back to the fucking truck. Hit, Truck's still hit, running. The hit and run. Just wants to knock him out and then get out of there. <laughs> yeah, just bail. <laughs> wow. Bail before the cops show up. <laughs> that's an, that's, that's a great not, dream. That's incredible. So, yeah, today we're gonna talk a little bit about quite a few wrestlers who um, had basically that experience since yeah. the time that we're looking at. Yeah. 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 What I what I thought before we hop into the meat, before we hop mm-hmm. into the meat and gristle, the one thing mm-hmm. that I thought was so fascinating and fun about looking into this era of NXT opposed to the reality show, which was fun in its own way, but it's like seeing just how good our like the, our WWE favorites now like uh, have been, have been like I I was never a big follower of the independents when of course when that was going on. And so to see Sami Zayn out there just fucking Whipping around, zipping around, having a good time. See fucking Cesaro out there being jacked, wearing a Gatson flag or whatever that's called. Which I was being, fucking... getting being a fucking all American that that Swiss man. Yeah, yeah that's I mean that's in my notes. I got lots of questions for you said when we get to specific things, but um, um, yeah, so. This era of NXT, you could tell it was different. So it started June 20th, 2012. Let's set the stage a little bit more. The ambush begins. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So the stage I want to set. So the previous episode, we talked about NXT and what it was. And it's like a bunch of people from developmental called up to this main roster show. Well, instead, what they did is they took 
Florida Championship Wrestling, which was their developmental at the time. And they were just like, hey, we're just going to, we already own this IP over here. We're just going to put this um, over here. And so, so, um, so it's really just yeah. a copy and paste kind of situation? Kind of. So FCW and their developmental all before was owned by other people. And they would essentially contract them out to do it. OVW was owned by Nightmare Danny Davis and Jim Cornette. HWA was owned by um, what the fuck's his name? I can't remember. It's a dude who runs like Cincinnati in Ohio. Um, Bill? Like, uh, no, it's not Bill. I can't oh, remember okay. his fucking name. Um, uh, Andy Dalton. Is Andy Dalton Big Red, the Red Rocket, as they call the him? Big, the most famous Cincinnati man. Yeah, yeah. Google him like I just did. <laughs> um, and then also like Deep South Wrestling with Jody Hamilton. That's what they've done. That's what they had done before. And um, this time it was Triple H who had taken over um, as like like the vice president of like de- like talent and development, and it's kind of like a new position they were giving him, and he revamped everything about um, developmental. He essentially cut ties with with Steve Kern, the owner of uh, FCW, um, and they took their roster, moved it under the essentially WWE was now its own developmental they branded it NXT Les so, Thatcher by the way Les Thatcher that's who pretty boy mm. um anyway hey at this um, time too just at this time did is this when Shawn Michaels came in too was it kind of like a changing of the guard or was this not quite there yet Shawn Michaels didn't come in for a while okay they actually brought in kind of towards the end of it when Triple H was starting to take over uh, they fired Dr. Tom Pritchard and brought him Bill DeMott oh uh-huh. <laughs> famous a piece of shit. Famous piece of shit from before. But um, I will say one thing. Like, if Triple H likes somebody, he's very loyal. Like, Terry Taylor at the beginning of his WCW career was very good to Hunter. Terry Taylor still has a job today. His big notable run was he was the Red Rooster. Huh. huh. I mean, did give him the credit that he deserves, though. Texas Tornado was sick. That yeah. was Kerry. That Von wasn't Eric. him. No, that fuck. That was it. Kerry Von Eric. Fuck. Yeah. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, but just to, just uh, just the Roosters credit. The, the tornado was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And so at this time too, because before, for the most part, and this is going to be um, something we're going to see develop in the time. WWE like to try to create their own stars. It's been like that since day one. But you were starting to see. That was only like, last month, Isai. That pay per view. That's true. <laughs> Um, that's, that's so dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, that like threw me off. Yeah, that yeah. that's how you know episode derailed. <laughs> um, so, but you would always get some people kind of slipping through, coming in that weren't supposed to. And at this t- at that time before, you had like the CM Punks of the world, Matt Sido, who became Evan Bourne, who were guys that made it. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, um, him coming up. Like stuff like that. It's like okay, well, these other people. But then you'd also have the Gunner Scotts, who was Brent Albright in R.H. Um, you would have guys like Ryan Braddock, who was Bradley J. Like these other guys, Chad Collier, that, that were like indie guys, but the, Colt Cabana, famously, like who beforehand would get called, like get signed, and then just kind of like live in developmental for a few years, and then just get cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after was... the shitty main roster run, and so. You're seeing a little bit more in FCW 
of some of these kind of journeyman indie who had been doing it for a while, the Corey Graves of the world. Before it really turned, you got you got Cesaro, you got Chris Hero, Cachisono. Um, and so that was kind of a really weird thing to see. Like at FCW, it's like you had these guys who loved wrestling, who were wanting to do this, who were wrestling fans, who did independence. And so it really leads into kind of what happens with NXT because Ambrose and um, Moxley, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins, the former Tyler Black. Well, think about um, that. There are people who aren't going to know him as Dean Ambrose. There's a world yeah. where people don't know him as Dean Ambrose. That's and wild. Yeah. It is. What what a beautiful vision for the future. <laughs> and what was really kind of cool about some of these FCW things before it really like got rebranded is they had like some really cool stuff going on. Um, and they were kind of slowly putting together the pieces that was going to be NXT even from the start but it's just kind of like it was priming it up and it was like testing the waters like D- like Dean Ambrose's first promo on FCW TV was awesome he actually never made it to NXT TV until he was already with this shield yeah but that's they one held thing him off this is like this is like cutting ahead but i watched the like part of a a recap thing of the first season and it ends with a shield promo and Seth is the guy. I didn't realize Seth was the leader of the Shield. Because Tyler Black, right? Was he so, kind of like of, of that yes ilk? I mean, he, no. he had quite the name behind him already, right? Yes. So he actually um, he was Ring of Honor champion. He was like he was, was about to get a job with TNA, and he was trying to get hired by WWE so bad <laughs> that he literally just called Johnny Ace. He's like, "Hey, TNA's offering uh-huh. you this. What can you what like?" What can you do? He's like, all right, kid, give you a call back. Don't sign anything. because. And then he also called Jim Cornette, who was head of creative of Ring of Honor at the time. And Jim Cornette's like, don't you fucking go to TNA. You motherfuckers are going to fuck you. And That was a Jim, bad TNA Hey, bro, I just, I'm just trying to find it, trying to find my dollar, Jim. <laughs> and so, and so, like, that was the reason why, like, Jim Cornette even like tried to help him out, get him in there. Um, but Seth was was a big deal. Ambrose was a big deal on certain smaller indies, but he never did the Ring of Honors of the world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, they had never really crossed paths like in anything major. But on NXT, he was going to be positioned as the top guy because he was the champion. On main roster WWE, Ambrose at first was a de facto leader because oh, okay. he was the one who could talk. And he was the U.S. champion, where Seth and Roman were the tap. Yeah. Mm. Well, there was this promo where, like, Seth starts it off. and Is he, he in the middle, too? Yeah. And he cuts the a great promo. He yeah. cuts a great promo. And then, and it's framed really well where Roman doesn't look big. He looks the same size as those two. Mm. And then Dean talks, and it's great. Like, he talks all weird and he sticks his tongue out all weird. <laughs> yeah. This then, this era of Dean Ambrose makes sense why he sold so much fringe. so much fucking merch at Hot Topics and shit to like thirteen year old girls who are yeah. the weird weirdos in their class. Yeah, the thing is, they they keep they keep on with that this shit for him. Like he never leaves. Like like yeah. the thing like if they let him just kind of even just be this guy. Like, there's no Moxley. It's still Ambrose. Yeah. yeah. But then Roman talks and can't fucking talk. And it's yeah. like, it's like, wait, 
this is Roman Reigns. Like looking at it, it like ten years later, like from that time, it's like this is the biggest star. He's doing great work, and he he sucks. Yeah, and it, um, we're talking about maybe five, four years ago when he started to even kind of get a little comfortable. Well, and that then, thing with Cena, you know, yeah. kind of pushed him. Like, like two years ago, like to <laughs> when he actually like really like hit it. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's, I think the first sign of like the Roman we see right now and like him actually being good was just the, the fucking raw after mania where he just said, this is my yard yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And that's all he said. And like, it's like, but, on that, but finally, that was, finally that like he but, said so much more by not saying that much than he did in all the fucking suffer and suck promos that well, he'd had. The years that's how he that. ended the NXT promo. He said, this is our yard. I would say for Roman too, it took a lot of like, you know, the walls being, uh, Jericho style broken down when when mm-hmm. he had to relinquish the title. I think that's where it was like finally there's a real fucking person here, and so like then when it started like when he came back and was cutting promos, it was like we finally got to see it wasn't just the dude that they were trying to get over. It's like all right, this is a human being we are now rooting for, not just yeah. someone being shoved down our throats the whole time. But what but, I was wondering with with NXT specifically it was they're getting all these people who for like you know the, whatever you call it in the lexicon the indie darlings of the 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 scenes or whatever. Yeah, but you just got the pack the, you got as an Adrian Neville. Does the crowd kind of, I mean, I'm obviously fans from the indies are like, well, I got to go watch them within this high production value situation. But were there also like WW at the time, did the transition go smooth or was it like, were WWE fans like, so there was no like real FCW fans. We're going to just put sure, that Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> there were 60 people in a very tiny warehouse yeah, watching. Yeah. It. That's wild. It's like, it's like they would do these shows for like, 30, 40, 50, 100 people on good days. And think about that. This is people who are signing to the biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, and they're they're cutting their teeth on these super small shows. And uh, Seth Rollins has talked about this on many interviews. It's like he gets signed. He walks into this shitty warehouse in Florida that was like a, also like a batting cage cool. where they have a couple rings set up. And like that was FCW at the time. So Triple H takes it over, and there's already a little bit of change in philosophy because of some of the people that were in place, guys like Joey Mercury, who were trying to sign a lot of indie guys. Before him, uh, Mike Bucci, who went by O's Nova, like Blue World Order, like Nova. Mm. Um, Simon Dean for mid-2000 SmackDown fans. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That's me. Um and so it's like they were bringing in these guys. Those are the guys that snuck in the punks and the cabanas and the Matt Seidel's and like all that who got those guys in and got them jobs. So there wasn't like a Triple H didn't have some sort of uh, like epiphany of like, I was wrong we'll, all these years. We'll talk about that. I mean, yeah, at the, the, on the, the onset. People had to be kind of snuck in the back door at first. Yeah, there was, and there was still like there was still a taboo thing to be an indie guy because they thought mm-hmm. we have to train you again. Okay. This is like, something that Bill DeMott said. It's like, look at this is when Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson was like hitting world title and shit like that. He's like, look what we did to him. We had to retrain him. The fuck they did. Yeah. But that was a narrative that Bill DeMott was spreading. And I think a lot of it was with him. Because once we'll get to this when this happens, but once um, the uh, former Tensai, the former Albert, the former Jason Alberts, Matt oh. Bloom comes in. Um, the philosophy really changes because somebody got real big in Japan and then was like, oh, there's other stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that might be a, a almost too like a myth of like, 
you know, when it comes to WWE, there's the idea of like a WWE style. And I feel like that's really kind of being dissolved only really recently now that we're seeing other major promotions where you're like, oh, people who come up on the indies are actually way more highly effective as pro wrestlers because they've had to adapt to way more different styles Mm. on the fly than like a WWE, you know, kind of presentation. There's a WWE main event style that I'd say like, there is a very specific like learning curve to doing it well, and to like to be able to do like like edge versus be a main eventer. I mean, honestly, yeah, like those kind of matches that like these big matches that like are that WWE style that's not like the most dynamic, but can be really entertaining, great storytelling. That is like the difference. Like mm. that's the WWE style, but it's like right. The WWE the style actor, is more of like a storytelling style and, than and an actual wrestling is. style. When you have a guy like Seth Rollins that knows this other style and then puts those tools within the WWE style, that's why guys like him can be so compelling. Mm-hmm. And even when he gets a lot of hate, he always brings people back into enjoying him. The Royal Rumble as proof that we had just seen uh, from when we were recording this. Um, Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Seth's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's because he yeah, is. Like, yep. Yeah, like, Seth and, like, and Finn are, like, two guys, like, they can do that indie style, and they can do, like, we saw Finn's run going back to NXT, like, it was so different than how he wrestles on the main roster, but, like, he just, he knows what the difference is right there. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it's, like, it's kind of like, you know, like, bands that, like, have, like, really, really big deep cut catalogs, but then also, like, big hits, like they know which crowds to like do those like deep yeah. cuts for. John Mayer. <sighs> Interesting. He has, He's got he good has, songs. He has some good cuts. He has his blues trio, but then he also knows what's gonna get him fucking paid. And he mm. also he's in the Grateful Dead band, right? Or is yeah, that he's or, in, is he, yeah, he, or is he yeah, he's in Dead Dead and Company? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I didn't know this was a Mayer cast. Uh, I love John no, Mayer. No such thing, rocks. He's a piece of shit, but no such thing. Apparently, rocks. he's getting better. I've been following the this. His the, dick ain't racist no more. Oh, I don't fucking know. I don't. I've been following that close. Oh my god, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know. that's that's a, that's what he said like back in like 2011. A or something. very that, long time ago. His, but... his, his dick was racist. Jesus Apparently, Christ. he he would do like makeup videos and shit, and like because he likes a lot of the colors and like Dennis said, like he went off like he just like fucking like really let loose. So maybe he's grown up in the last I, I imagine you can so. only ever hope yeah. we saw it from randy and i and that's i if, and now i think anyone can change all oh, right yeah. so that's kind of setting the stage yeah let's get to the action let's get to the now that we're, we're just when... waiting for the world to change here yeah. so <laughs> so how does this present it to the world so it it's presented to the world by uh the intro of this podcast it's a much longer speech um what i what i read and then you hear the riff I don't even know the song. It's was on Guitar Hero. It's the Coheed riff. What song? It's Welcome Home. Yeah, and I have don't think I have ever heard a better wrestling song, right? <laughs> For like yeah. an intro of a of a show, because it's like it gets you hyped. And this is just on the network right now, right? Network is around. This is, this is just on because the network's um, not a thing yet. On, right? Net, network's not there yet. The the network starts. At, uh, at NXT Arrival. Oh, okay. okay. So we're yeah. still mm. leading up. So where is this being presented? Is it just kind of like... Uh, uh, Hulu. It, it's just on Hulu? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so here's one thing I'll say before we dive in. I watched the first episode of this. And then I watched the second. 
and I really wanted to watch more, but I didn't have time. I yeah. I the love, novelty wears off. I love I, NXT. I, for me at least, like personally, because like it's really interesting seeing these people. How weird original NXT is. Like uh, who they think is going to be a star, and by the time we hit a rival, how different those people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. and how they present them and stuff. It's wild. Um, it gets rough for a little bit. Oh, I'm before sure, like I'm, I'm start sure having it, those Zayn and Cesaro matches and stuff like that. I'm and sure it does, but it's like it was. It's felt like it's the thing that I've been missing in wrestling since 2.0 started. It's like it, it, it has a similar so, feel. I was gonna say it, it, the thing is, is that it's not as good, but it has a, it's, the feel. It's 2.0. At the 2.0 is original. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, like it's just a different color palette and stuff, but like but yeah, the storylines and the quality of wrestling I, is very similar. Yeah, yeah, just a, a highly different presentation. But, like, I mean, I did a deep dive on the first episode, so we don't have to go into it, but... Well, let's go into it. Yeah, let's it's do it. Really, let's, yeah. let's start it, from the start. It's okay. a fascinating little piece of history. So, yeah, one thing that was interesting is each episode, it seemingly, it was a rotating cast of commentators. So, um, th- this is, like, one of the things that I, I enjoy about it being developmental, because they were also developing different announcers, okay. trying out different things, seeing what works. Yeah. Even once, by the time we get to Arrival, uh, commentary is still figuring shit out pretty pretty huge ways. And bald, bald Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips <laughs> a little baby and happy to be here fucking William Regal. I'm not a fan of that. No, I loved Regal on it. I'm not, I'm not a fan also, of happy to be here William he Regal. Sammy Zayn is a warrior of the Campus Wars. Um... It's a great that thing was, to say. <laughs> Regal did the Emma dance. And uh, we'll yeah. get to Emma in a second cuz I was Regal's one of the best comedy characters of all time. Yeah. Might I He's really It's awesome. hard for me to think of ones that are actually better than him. Like him and Tajiri all-time comedy, right? <laughs> oh yeah. But, but he was Regal was also wrestling in NXT, right? Sometimes he had, he had a match against Cesaro. Just a match, okay, okay. And then um, his other match before that he had was, I think, on the final episode of FCW TV, where Ambrose took him out with the, like three knee tremblers, like just running knees to the head. Okay, it's okay, great stuff. That mm. see how see how both those matches. Oh no, uh, I think his other last match was he had and a Cassius match with Cassius Ono. Yes, yes. I've yeah, seen that yeah, one. yeah. Because he was talking about that. Um, okay, so JR, oh no. JR introduced, introduced Dusty Rhodes as the interim general manager, and that was fun. He's just a common man. Um, Bo Dallas comes out with his, he has his little promo. Oh, he's man, the cutest they, they little hollow earther in the world. Absolutely think he's going to be their big baby. They're, like he's going to be their big baby face. And like mm-hmm. for all the, right? for all the times they knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. Sometimes you're like, wow, you really swung for yeah, the fences. No, with, with them. He, he showed up on the B though, team. And we'll, we'll get into this as we go on is this was something that was almost an immediate thing that you saw was the ability to adapt and change with how things are rea- are getting reactions, which mm-hmm. was one of the best things about NXT. Well, yeah, it's, because it's that dusty influence, you know, mm-hmm. especially, like, especially at this point when he's, you know, he's still alive and there every day. Like Triple H really took that, like, was able to, to roll with that, and especially with such a small team. And you have these homegrown fans 
And the, these fans are NXT, like they became NXT fans. The Full Sail crowd, like it became part of the show for a while. And it mm-hmm. was actually a really good part of the show. Uh-huh. For until for then they got up their own ass when they started. Isn't that the which, thing? Which happens with a lot of fans. Uh, see, wrestling is always a constant tug of war between being awesome and then being ruined by the fandom. Mm-hmm. And it's, up its own ass. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're no uh, exception to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Bo Dallas, third generation wrestler. That's the thing. I mean, his, he's got names behind him. He's Technically, he's good, but it's his, just wild to think of. I guess, you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah. would he's not got have seen that. Blackjack Mulligan's his grandpa. Mike Rotunda. IRS is his is his papa. Erwin R. Scheister. Yeah, uh, he's got uncles Barry and Kendall, who were Wyndham's. what tech the Wyndhams. Barry Wyndham, former like NWA champion, so, Hall of Famer with the Horsemen. So Bray was named after his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, God, and he's his godfather too. Okay, and then Bray's his brother who comes in later, and we'll talk about that. Holy shit! Well, that's Husky something. Harris that's, had been there prior in the game in that show, right? Show. Who had already gotten sent back down? He was, he was in the game show era. He was in the new Nexus, and then he got killed by Randy Orton during uh, CM Punk's feud with. Uh, hold, with hold up! Feud. The Randy Orton feud has started started from the beginning. Yeah. Damn, that's good well, storytelling. That is good storytelling. Which was the 2011 like uh, the Mania match for Punk then was against Orton. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. And, like he was Punk was the leader of the new Nexus, so. They killed like Husky and sent him back to NXT. Um, what's really funny is that um, he was kind of tinkering around with some of this character stuff, and somebody else who was kind of around him at the time when he first started doing it was uh, his name is was Bobby Dutch, Bill Carr. He goes by Dutch now in Ring of Honor, or and wherever the fuck he's at now. But he said, that "Oh he, yeah, I remember that guy." He, he had also um, he was uh, with Dan Barry, Team Tremendous. Um, he said that he was also kind of thinking about like a, a gimmick like this because they're so similar, like as like interests and stuff like that. Mm. Okay. He, lo- he loves Bray. He said he loves Wyndham, but he's just like, oh, he's like, I had kind of pitched something like this too. Like not the exact same thing, but like along those lines. So, Dan, Dan Spivey yeah. 2.0. Yeah, Dan Spivey. Your life's going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> uh, so the first match is Rick Victor versus Bo Dallas. Rick Victor ends up being in the Ascension, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, this, really? The, well, this is the, ver- this the original is... Ascension is, what is that? What Speaking is it? Up, dude, Big Con, you know, this week just uh, debuted in Impact, right? Yeah. So oh, Rick really? Victor was like, um, he was like a journeyman. Like he was already old at this time. <laughs> and so he was... Um, like known as like Apocalypse, he was a uh, Calgary guy. He, he debuted in two thousand and was trained by famous uh, famous Canadian wrestler guy who would come over and help the all the Canadians over in Calgary because he was originally from Japan but then went to Canada. Tokyo Joe. Oh, Wait, who was that? it? Um, the trainer of Rick Victor. He had been oh. signed, like I think at this point, only for a little bit, but he'd been wrestling since two thousand. Okay. He's, he's a really good worker. I remember like one of the Ascension's last couple matches, you know, because they would like have one match a year on TV. It felt like get, they were like get just ready a, for like Survivor Series so they could bring in another tag team. Yeah, they get they were the in. Colognes. It might have been a fucking Survivor Series that I saw, but he got like a hot tag and like had this like crazy good like fiery run for like a minute. It's like, oh yeah, he's a really good worker. 
I, I used to really like the original, like the original, the second generation Ascension, because they just work like their own wares. Well, and th is that when they got makeup and stuff? Because they looked so different than what I remember yes. of the Ascension. Well, because the Ascension was a different guy, or one of them was a different guy. Yeah, Kenneth and, Kenneth Cameron. Yeah, it was like an Illuminati gimmick. If, like that, it felt like that's where it was headed. And so, okay. yeah, that's the second match against um, it was what uh, Mike Dalton and C.J. Parker. Yeah, yeah. C.J. Um, Parker, the current Juice Robinson. Yeah, and Mike, and Mike Dalton. Dalton. Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought I thought Mike Dalton was Dolph Ziggler when he first came out. Because <laughs> he's just a guy. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. that, and while I was watching Arrival, I was like, is that Juice? Guess it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, he did not get good until he left. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he, the, well, because he let he went into the dojo system after being in an NXT. Right. Yeah. Like mm. he was he, not he, good. No, he but, he needed that. But he That's was the, still as like, uh, I, the way he moved. Just yeah, like the I don't know the me. word I'm looking for, but he still is like you hate him. Creepy. Um. Yeah. Guy. Guy who works has a college degree, but works at a mall kiosk. Not just because the economy's bad, but. Because he likes because he likes stealing pictures off your phone. Yeah, that, that kind of energy. I'm not saying that actually about uh, fucking juice, but he just has I that energy. I would have thought that he works at, a, at like an herbal supplement company. Oh yeah, oh, that's you. That's the same. The mall. That's yeah. the same mysterious energy to me. Both those things. Yes. Both those things. Both those things. dark energy at the vitamin and, store at the mall. But um, you know, we can't really judge him for his life because um, he he's with Tony Storm. So he's doing fine. Yeah. He's doing A-OK. -okay. He, he cut those threads. He oh, he, he has? Cut those threads okay, good. Good I for love you. him. I okay. don't love him, but... I, I love him. In love with him. We, You don't know him like I know him. Watch watch him talking to Trent and Chuck. You might not love him as much. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want <laughs> to investigate my faves to find their problematic. I don't... I don't... Yeah, I, I just, just want... I. I just want him to be mine. I don't need to hear him talk. <laughs> I don't even like him that much. I like the left hand from God. I think that's a cool name. <laughs> or left, left hand of God. But uh, um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. We had a, there's a Bray Wyatt video package and Russell was watching with me and she was like, this is cool. This is wrestling. This is cool. Yeah. So then, uh, this is a little tangent. I decided to show her uh, John Cena's should have been last match. Um Punk in Chicago? He, he needs more. The well, no, 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 no. Like as a joke. Versus Kurt Angle on SmackDown in 2002. No, <laughs> the bad wrestler. The, the fiend. The prototype. Match. What? Yeah. Uh, the, I, just, the, I just like prototype. The cinema. against uh, prototype versus Samoa Joe uh, at whatever that at UPW in 2001. Haha, <laughs> 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 Derek, we ruined your story. Yeah, it's the the cinematic no, no. match um, at WrestleMania. Oh and, hell yeah. And as I was scrubbing through, that WrestleMania was fascinating. Man, I gotta rewatch there was, that. There was a video package with with uh, the hacker. Remember? Oh, fuck, I, I didn't. <laughs> but I mean, but we get our own hacker here in NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah now, 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 but that, Mustafa's years, we're about to fucking Mustafa's being held hostage by WWE right now. But that entire. Um, but she, she watched that match and she was like, "Oh, this is really cool. It really is fascinating. This I forgot is, about that match. This is crazy." And I she didn't see, understand everything, but I can see why. By the way, I don't either. So after like watching some of like the old Bray Wyatt promos, and then thinking about that, 
I can see why he'd probably be very difficult to work with. Yeah. Because he is so creative. And, mm-hmm. the, like, people like that. And, like, I understand this. It's like if somebody starts changing some of your ideas, you're like, fuck you. Like, what the yeah. fuck do you know? Well, yeah. I remember when I was casually who, watching. Who you fucking beat? <laughs> I remember when I was casually watching wrestling with you, Isai. Like, Bray Wyatt was a big hook. I was like, this no, guy's. No, hook, hook's on AEW. <laughs> they he was... sent him. He hooked me in. He made me oh, want to watch more. Big hook, big hook. That's you what they call. That, uh... you're, so wait, you're coming out here and saying that Bray Wyatt was a hooker. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, more, uh, yes. more power to him. Hook him horns. I hate them. I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> anyway, that's the that's the that's, that's the, a joke for me. <laughs> that's the Bray Wyatt uh, tangent. Uh, it ended with Tyson Kidd versus Michael McGillicuddy, the, who the former Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel, who's BT alum, who's they're bro- like, whose dad is it also a guy? Mr. Is Mr. Perfect. Perfect? Yeah, but they're like, not just a, how- a guy. It's Mr. <laughs> fucking Perfect. Gregarious, <laughs> not shy. Like the a guy is literally the opposite of Mr. Perfect's gimmick, because um, he's, he's the man, um, the Mister. Um, uh, yeah, they were just like, hey, so. Oh, Dallas, third generation superstar. And then the fucking Curtis Axel, they're always like, how can we make people forget that he's Mr. Perfect's son? <laughs> like, how can we at make all times. forget that he's also a decent hand? Well, they can name him Michael McGillicuddy. That's what that they can is, do. That's a fucking awful name. So, even when, so Curtis Axel even, show. Curtis Axel even is a reference to, like, his, his family. and his grandpa. The the axe thing, but that's still like that's so fucking inside that most people who know about wrestling history and stuff wouldn't necessarily get that reference. They were just like, "Yeah, Bo Dallas, yeah, yeah, has a family." Michael McGillicuddy, he came from the trash. We pulled him out of the dumpster <laughs> behind, like the hot Florida sun. He was smoking like, a cigarette been baking out there. behind the Burger King, and we said, "Hop <laughs> in, dude." And then they pushed him for a year and put him with Paul Heyman after doing this and still, like, they, they killed him, tried to revive him, and then killed him again. Fuck, I mean, but hey, you know, he could have been the next Cena. Then him and Bo Dallas were the B team, right? Later. Is that the go, last go, thing go. they did? Is that the yeah. last thing they did? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, they got released as what's, the B team. What's Bo, are they doing anything now? Not really. Uh, probably, okay. hiding from the law. Ta- probably, probably hiding from the law for some January 6th sort of... Um... No, Not that I can tell no, you about the Lizard Man. I have listened to a lot of Bo Dallas on Chris Jericho's podcast. I don't think he's a, like, a I bad don't think so guy. either. I don't, he... And I think conspiracy theories, unfortunately, um, have just gotten such a bad rap over the last couple of years. I well, like a yeah, fun conspiracy he, theory, but... I'd say that he... I don't think he'd be that kind of bad guy. I would not be surprised if I heard that one of the things he believes in ends in because of the Jews. So Whenever you start talking about lizard people, you start Googling the history of that fucking trope, and you're like, oh, this is anti-Semitic. But I think he wants to believe in Godzilla. I think that's what And who doesn't? And that's what I want. And I hope, and I fingers crossed, I'm judging books by covers. And exactly, I'm lumping him in in with some bad dudes. But But, hey, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, then I watched episode two because I Uh-oh. wanted to see Seth Rollins' debut. And so, like the um, yes, sorry, he decided to speak. Yeah, so like this one here is such like it was kind of didn't show like really much of a change between FCW. Mm-hmm. It's just better production and it's really under the WWE banner. But like everything aside from the fact that Tyson Kidd and Michael McGillicuddy got like fucking like 
14 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was a long fucking match. Especially when everything else went collectively th- three minutes and 38 seconds. Um, it's really it interesting. Was, it was just... It doesn't really prime you for what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. This next episode's actually... The second episode's when you start seeing little glimmers of like what's going to be going on in the future. Yeah. And yeah. This the future is, is now. This is, now. is when you see uh, the, the alternative influence where Seth comes out and moshes... Wearing an Asking Alexandria shirt. Was his song still like the... It was just heavy. It sounded like you wrote it. Hell yeah. <laughs> there was no burning it down. But it was uh, Seth versus uh, Jiro? Yep. And I tried to Google him. And the only thing that came up was Ikemen Jiro. So. This guy, uh, like he was just a guy for a while with NXT. Okay. Like, I, I don't know mm. anything else that he did. My, some of my favorite like little things to run into in wrestling is where did this guy come from and where did he go? He was and to he w- where did he come from? Cotton, mm. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Yeah. That I was gonna say in NXT, his name could have been Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> so, uh, j- there was gender versus Jason Jordan, who I forgot about. Future, <laughs> Hall, of Fame, future Hall of Famer. Dream Maharaja Man. versus the you know son of son. The guy who threw pro, the guy who threw produce and went but away forever. Jason I will Jordan say, was a guy that was signed for so long before he got the American Alpha gimmick, mm. and they tried very hard with him, like a real Angelo mm. Dawkins kind of situation. Yeah. Mm, Dawkins was there too, and then still Dawkins was sat there at the same time. It still hadn't yeah. found his uh yes his uh his uh Montez yet. I, I will say Jinder had a presence to him. Well, yeah, because he's gigantic. Like, he is a gigantic man. Like, yeah. And in a small arena Definitely like that, like... fucking jack, though. <laughs> a little less back knee. Yeah, yeah a, a, um, a lot less back knee. <laughs> y'all, in three years, Jinder is going to be the new Corbin, where y'all are like, Zach, you were right. Jinder's hilarious. No, no, I don't believe it. I know oh, he... Re- I'll root for Shanky, but I will not root for Jinder. I Jinder is, I mean, when like when I because I first started watching, we first started doing this podcast as he was getting springboarded to the title. Yeah. I had no context around what people liked or didn't like. I thought he was a fun character, and I do think he has an intensity, and I think he has uh, he is funny. But it was just he was kind of a victim of circumstance. The only Jinder I like is three MB Jinder. That's what I, I'm excited to get to because that's okay. a fascinating. No. That's a fascinating like group. Jinder, so, Drew McIntyre, and Heath Slater, right? Heath Slater yeah. looked Heath Slater so was fucking the one that weird, kept his dude. job the longest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heath Slater was around forever. Uh, Isai, go watch, rewatch Mixed Match Challenge, and that is the n- nugget. That Jinder is the nugget that could be hilarious, just like Baron Corbin being ba- like overwhelmed and baffled was like the little nugget of truth in his character that eventually became... Uh, the, the greatness that we got last year. So, but the thing is, sometimes it depends on the wrestler. But sometimes once Vince opens the soda, the soda can, you know, it, it just gets it, it, it just loses its fizz, and he's not some, interested in it anymore. Some, sometimes when you pop, the <laughs> fun does stop. What what a fucking what, what a phrase. You know, sometimes he you opens lose the, the soda can, he loses the fizz. Dude, sometimes <laughs> that once the carbonation's gone, he's like, I don't want another. But we'll see. I think gender could be. You know, no I think he could him. be. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't think I think I think gender hinder gender. Gender hit his ceiling already and he's gonna Well his ceiling was literally the top of the the business, so that's pretty good. (laughs) The top guy. But I I think yeah. He should that should not have been his ceiling at the time. 
Um, Beat that loser Shinsuke for an entire summer. How, how was he in NXT? Less jacked, of course. Yeah, yeah. so he was also, I think at this time, he was, has also already been on the main roster because he had debuted oh, kind of okay. with Ali. And so that, that's a lot of these guys were doing both. Yeah, um, and that's that's the thing I, I have uh, some questions about later, mm-hmm. too. So, um, I mean, that continues all the way up through basically it's like sasha banks was the last yeah, one really it was, doing that was kind of a sasha thing where she was kind of pulling double duty for at least like a it seemed like a month uh, yeah. once the the finn and bailey era of nxt is when nxt is entirely separate like planet than the main that's, roster that's firing on all cylinders yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and so like, what's wild here is there was so many just random people yeah like were... leo kruger craven the hunter so leo i loved leo kruger's character um he was, it was like, cool. The, the South African like hunter. Yeah, Craven was, the hunter. He won Spider Man. He was. Uh, it literally is Craven. That's I what. I have no his, idea what that is. It's oh. a spider. It's a Spider Man villain that was literally his inspiration. Yeah, like, that one makes for sense. One. Um, and then Aiden, this is Aiden, Aiden English. English that was out there singing, right? I don't know if he was singing. I didn't watch this match. I don't think he was singing. He he was just vanilla at this point. Yeah, like, he it it was a squash match. He was like a jobber essentially. Okay. Mm. So I know like that was one of the things like when he started doing his singing um his singing like like gimmick and everything, that's when he still he started taking off a little bit. Mhm. Uh, but then um it's when he actually started teaming with Simon Gotch. That's when everything happened. Mm-hmm. That's the Vod villains. Vod villains. Oh yeah, I remember the Vod villains. We'll yeah, they were. That. They, they were like it's the best gimmick that wouldn't that literally just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no way to make that work on the main roster. It's like it's real the fun best to pl- gimmick that worked in like, it was the best NXT gimmick. Mm. We'll get to this too. Same with Emma. I didn't like I that. will I will talk about Emma. Um we had Usos versus the Ascension. The Usos were interesting. Usos Is that what, did and... they have face paint at that point? I or think they not... I think they just they kind of looked just like, like generic. They looked they generic were creator foreign. wrestler 1, creator wrestler um, 2. They're gen- they... generic Samoan wrestlers. So yeah. they had already been called up to the main roster. Okay. And when they first got called up to the main roster, they were like, like saying, "Hey, like we're not all like we're like anytime you have a Samoan wrestler or a Tongan wrestler, they're always just savages." Well, that's not us. Like we're, like we're cool. Or, or we hip. have sneakers. Like, yeah, like shit like mm. that. That's kind of what they did at first, and then they like they didn't get over, and then um, they were doing shit in NXT, and they kind of just became Samoan, embraced part of that heritage, and that's actually kind of what helped propel them. And so this is something that happens with NXT, at least at this time, is that you would go down there to workshop something and get like a real like WWE produced type thing, like feedback on shit, but be able to go down there and do this. We'll see this, especially with guys like Tyson Kidd, who revamp his entire career, or Natalia. Until Samoa Joe comes. (laughs) Until Samoa Joe comes. Everywhere. Um, but like Natalia, like same thing. Like that match with Charlotte, like that she has later on, really fucking sets the tone for shit. Okay. Well, real quick yeah. before we hop back into the episode while we're kind of talking about the what's going on in the world of NXT there, is this where also where are, are we in like in the backstage area yet? Yeah, are we still having like Dusty Rhodes doing his Dusty Rhodes promo classes? 
being, yes. you know, like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is also like they're getting just the highest quality training uh, that like it's a like young wrestler could get. Is it like wrestling college essentially? Uh, yes. yes. And that's Absolutely. also the the thing is is that they're they're kind of getting some of this high quality training, but this is still such a work in progress, especially with a guy like Bill DeMott at the help. Yeah. Is Vince Vaughn there yet? Vince Vaughn is Bill DeMott. If you've, if Vince, you've seen the uh, that oh, page Vince, movie, yeah. Vince Vaughn, Vince is, Vaughn is them erasing. Yeah, no, he's that's nice. them erasing Bill DeMott's character. Like, what? oh my my internet got unstable for a second. Can you guys hear me now? Better. Yeah, oh. I can okay, hear you. Cool. Cool. Um, uh, I was gonna, Vince yeah. Vaughn's character is them erasing Bill DeMott. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to make him less of a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, they're just like, yeah, the, the real person, no, we don't want to put them, him in this Hollywood movie. No, let's get a, let's get a charming, famous man to, to, <laughs> to, to, to so you can, that you can look at. Uh, uh, another notable piece of shit in real life. <laughs> yeah. Is he? Dang. So, but um, he's just—he's a—he's an asshole. Like he—he—he he, he doesn't like talk to waiters. Like oh, he's he, famous and he knows it, kind of a deal. Yeah, like to like the most the severe degree I've ever heard of. Ew. And so at this time in NXT, oh, we'll just kind of go. Like, to not just go everything like episode by episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I only did two episodes. <laughs> yeah, like um, I watched NXT. Right I now. did. I did some notable notable parts though. Yeah. Cool. So um, I just kind of yeah. want to go through a little bit of like. Some of the roster at the time. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. It's such a weird look into, like, who's, like, kind of, like, a big deal now. Or, like, random just fucking people who you've never heard of and you will like, never hear of again. Like, and one like, one from episode one, like, Damien Sandow? I remember yeah. that name, but, like... He became Mizdow, and he's now Aaron Stevens. He's, a, he's still a wrestling guy. Like he, he, uh, okay. Um, but it's like anyway. you have your, like you know, standard like WWE type people. Like we're kind of on TV. Like Michael McGillicuddy, who became Curtis Axel. You know, Eric Rowan. You know, the, the whole Wyatt family. Yeah, and, they don't come until way later though. Yeah, and then you got like Byron Saxton. Um, and then by arrival, he was on commentary, right? Yeah, because he yeah. had just been there for so fucking long. And I will say he it. he. He sound. I'm guessing that was early in his commentary career, right? Yes. He sounded normal. Like I know he's not the best, but he sounded fine. He does. He does the. I'm happy to be here better than than a lot of folks. I think yeah. that, like the mm. the kind of like, hey, we're having a good show here. Wow, this is really fun. He like I I was always kind of just annoyed by his commentary style until one of the house shows we went to. Where he a couple was, years ago, where he's the, where, he's, where he's like, like the house the show crowd. host, yeah, and I got it immediately. It was like he's perfect for little kids coming to house shows, yeah. Like for like he's he was actually like really good at that. Like he's he's the Johnny Karate of that's WWE. That's the same thing. I, that was the first and, time I was like, I like Byron. That's fun. He's like a fun personality. And yeah, getting kicked in the balls by Stone Cold. I mean, that's that cements you. That cements you as a fucking legend. But like, anyway, some of these like weird people that they have there. That it's like. Like, oh, shit, like, this fucker was in NXT, signed. It's like, we've talked about it ad nauseum before, but, like, Trent Beretta. Mm-hmm. Like, and he comes Trent out, Beretta. I didn't know Trent, question mark, was a WWE thing. Yeah, and so, like, the reason why that started is he said, like, in practice, like, on his water bottle, he'd write his name, 
and he would, he wrote Trent, but he's like, that's so weird. So he puts like a question mark. And <laughs> he's like, that's weird. writing my name on this is weird. I'll, I'll just add well, it's, it's, well, it's his fake name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. His name's Greg. Yeah. But it's like you have guys like that um, who are on like Yoshi Tatsu, like Oliver Gray, like like these uh, names hold, that like hold on just of... for a second. Mm-hmm. I love that he still uses Trent. Yeah, of course. Like in WWE, because well, I guess Chuck still goes by Chuck. Yeah. Any anyone uh, anyone out there, you can uh, YouTube the uh, episode of WWE Silent Library. And yeah. It's just a bunch of WWE guys and Trent. <laughs> But mm. most guys in AEW don't use fake names. I do. Most of them Sound, actually. I feel like most it's like a do. 50-50. You know I guess, Nick, Nick and Matt Jackson, they're not actually Jackson. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I don't fucking <laughs> know. Um, Kenny, just because a name thought, sounds normal doesn't mean Kenny's it's real. Kenny's real name is Omega. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't his name like Tyson Butt or something? His name is Tyson Smith. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, like Nick and Matt Jackson or Nick and Matt Massey. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the dumb derailment. Let's go. Oh, Cody Rhodes is like his last name's Ruddles. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Christian's named Jay Rezo. <laughs> let's keep let's say some real shit. Wait, names. dude, Jay Rezo is a kind of a cool wrestling name. Uh, also, like, Eva Lise was signed at the time as Sophia Cortez. Shaw Guerrero was Raquel Diaz. They had Richie Steamboat. Why the f- Fuck, so would that, you have a Guerrero? I guess not to put the pressure of the yeah, Guerrero name that, on that's her, the but big thing, I guess that's it. Learning. Is oh, that, the, was that his that shoot daughter? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and, and she's married and, to Aiden and, English, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Right. So that's where so, they met. One of the weird things, I was gotcha. talking about this with Jenna yesterday, is WWE always ends up doing this, but it's like it's almost like at first you're kind of like shit on a little bit. Like until like Vince is probably not the most like on for it. They hire so many like second and third generation wrestlers, but at the end of the day, they always end up going to him because it's like, at like, like oh he knows wrestling like they know this, mm-hmm. and so it's like you had Richie Steamboat, Ricky's son, Raquel Diaz, like you had them, you had uh, Paige, you had Michael McGillicuddy, Roman Reigns, like mm-hmm. all these fucking second and third generation people, uh, Usos, <laughs> like, yeah, Jake, mm-hmm. this guy Jake Carter. That's Vader's son. Oh. I forgot about that. Well, I mean, oh. well, like, I remember, I mean, The Rock, like, his the big deal for The Rock, like, when he started blowing up was, like, or actually when he first came in, it was, like, he's their first generation, third, you know, first third generation superstar. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was the whole thing. And then, like, re- I remember watching when Randy Orton debuted. That was a big deal. He's a third generation superstar. And I think that that all comes from J.R., being a football fan and like, because that's a big thing. They're like, oh, you know, his his dad was also a lineman for Wisconsin, and like they always like talk about shit like that. Yeah, like, you know, that, I think that's kind of that's kind of interesting because it's like sometimes they really hype it up, and I and you wonder like with so many like third or second generation wrestlers, if you're like, oh, is this just kind of like a you know quote unquote like cheap pop kind of deal? Like, I liked your dad, yay! Is it a kiss, or, of, or, is it a kiss of death or is it a good opportunity? But mm-hmm. then there's folks like you know like you get Curtis Axel or ones that they're not really hyping Excuse up like what Axman? What was the the Samoan guy in Legacy Isai? Manu. Yep. So you get guys, though, that they don't necessarily, like, hype that element of them up as much. And I wonder if that comes down to, like, wrestlers, like, wishes. Like, hey, I don't want to be in the, the shadow of Mr. Perfect. Or if it's, like, also, uh, or if they're just, like, you're not your dad. Also, this is where you kind of see a little bit of the kind of indie influence start to sneak in as in this era. Because then you do have guys like Corey Graves, who was Sterling James Keenan on the Independence. 
who had done his like a lot of fucking independent like work um especially like, he was for whatever reason like went to the uk a ton you had Cassius Ono, like Chris Hero, like everybody knows Chris Hero. His I, I once promos saw... were incredible. Antonio Cesaro, mm. Cesaro, um, Claudio Castagnoli, um, and then also like Tyler, uh, not Tyler, uh, not Tyler Rex, but Tyson Kidd, um, obviously a fantastic wrestler. But Xavier Woods was there. You know his last thing he did before he got signed? Uh, uh, College, but, uh, junior tag league, right? Yep. Who was his partner? Zach, I know you know. Fuck, this. I do. I do know this, and I can't. I can't remember right now. It's Kota Bushi. That's right. Holy Whoa. fuck! Yeah. Also, I mean, somebody that just grew up in the business, Paige. Mm-hmm. Like, Paige. Paige. Yeah. Literally was. was and she was wrestling. the first women's champion, she, right? Yes. And okay. also, this is something that I mentioned to Jenna. We'll talk about this later. They still called them NXT Divas. Yeah. 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 But, I was noticing that. But what was the title called? NXT. Women's, the, it was the NXT and Women's Championship. There was already a bit of a change, and it all started in this NXT. Well, and mm. like, wasn't yeah. that Paige's gimmick? Like, she was like the anti diva. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you want to see a really, really fascinating look into this era specifically of NXT Women's Wrestling and that transition, including some very great, like, subtle shade thrown at Bill Demott. Um, WWE Untold on Sasha Sasha okay. versus Bailey. Um, it's you know on Peacock like they have a whole collection of those Untold uh, oh, documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great to have you know Sarah Sarah Mato um, like talking th- through like how they were still not allowed to like actually throw punches and shit as women. Um, and so basically like when no one was looking, she would have them train like she would train any wrestler and how she learned on the indies um and then and how she would teach uh, people before because she mm. was already training and just the fucking best. exactly and then basically she like basically said without saying his name bill demont would come into the room and yell at us and say only hair pulling now um and then um they'd pretend to be following the rules and every time someone would turn around she'd you know have them start throwing strikes <laughs> yeah yeah and so um in this era, too, you get a lot of, like, main roster people that end up coming on and, like, doing dark matches. Um, they're trying to get people in the building. <laughs> John get... Cena at Arrival? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you, you get a lot of shit. Just clapping. That, you just get so much shit like that. Like, you get, like, there was an episode that's, like, Sheamus and Alberto Del Rio were the dark match. Mm. Make sure people are going to stay. You'd get guys like RVD shows up. Sheamus shows up. Like... You have mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of it was some of these people who were kind of halfway between, like like the Cesaros of the world and Alex Riley, McGillicuddy, Johnny Curtis, Derek Bateman, who've had main roster experience, but they were then kind of just sent back down to, to developmental because they didn't really have a spot for them on TV or they were just kind of using them on both. And so... Like the beginning of NXT was a really weird time, and especially because like they didn't just like outright have a title yet, mm-hmm. but then the they had the inaugural tournament, and that was introduced in July. So they went like over like a month with like oh a couple of months without having a champion. Yeah, just introducing characters or like it, yeah, 
which is kind of like lines, which is very 2016 smart. Raw before the Universal title. It really there is a kind month, of a, There was a month without a champion on it's Raw. It's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, like establish the landscape and be like, all right, who's king of the hill? And so there's already like something that is so different is it's like than WWE main roster, even though it's supposed to help develop, is you had kind of a little bit like that. They would do cool little profiles with people, figure out why. They even did that a great job of that on like NXT Arrival um, of like, oh, this is this person. Like they did that thing on Emma. They did it on Paige. It's like they were looking at like Adrian Neville. Bo D- I, it was just like these really cool things that help establish characters. Mojo <laughs> Raleigh got one. Like, yeah. You just, you got oh, this God. Really cool fucking way to talk about pro wrestling. And it was so pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. May not it's have so been fu- good. Yeah, it's wrestling. so funny, like, watching old, like, any, in this, I think Zach has put it well before, too, but, like, going back and watching old wrestling just to watch the signs in the crowd and, and what's going on in the crowd, it's so funny watching something and just be like, Mojo stays hype! <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. You, oh, if only you can wait a couple really, years and we'll put get the to, blue makeup on his face. We'll yeah. get to that once we get into so, uh, Arrival. Um, we'll talk about the t- title tournament. So the competitors were Richie Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's son, who was earmarked to be really good. Apparently, and Chris he, Hero heard him, right? He heard him. Like, he had a lot of back problems. Okay, as okay. As well as then he, um, apparently it was a big complainer. I think he well. was, I think he was just, like, kind of too much too soon. And he had the weight of his fucking dad on him, who was known as one of the best, also like a coach. And who had had like uh, still had been having great matches at WrestleMania and on Raw and shit within like five years before this, right? Yeah, like that, like the match with like when he gets in there with Jericho, and you're like, it's so what? good. Damn. Then he had, he had a random match on Raw, at, like and during that same run, I can't even remember who it is right now, but like it's a f- like twenty minute fucking great match on Raw with like sixty year old like Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, and like wow. he had like a. They did this like in North Carolina, and obviously he was big there when he was with NWA. Um, it was him and Jericho at a house show, and they went like twenty minutes. And like because say whatever the hell you want about Jericho's politics, personality, everything about him, he is very respectful of wrestling. Mm-hmm. He, and we're gonna talk about those things in a minute. But first, <laughs> let's talk about Omaha um, Steaks. He he said um, he was supposed to go over. Um, he's like. Uh, the WrestleMania three match with the uh, Savage, he's like he's like finished with Savage. Fucking Steamboat knows exactly. He called that to him in the ring like a brother, and fucking <laughs> got him with the pin. And he gave Steamboat the win on that, like in front of a crowd that's gonna be super pro Steamboat. Mm-hmm. And like he's kind of had this like one last little like, hey buddy, here's your here's your gold watch. Like here's a yeah a last little taste of it. You can say a good goodbye, and that's so fucking cool. I love shit like that. Anyway. Super, yeah. Super Pro Steamboat was my favorite um, N64 uh, boat racing game. But it seems like, uh, but it seems like Richie maybe had maybe too much of a chip on his shoulder, or just it just didn't just didn't yes. catch. Yes, yes, yes. And then also he had like so much he had to live up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, that's, that's back to that kiss of death sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Leo Kruger, Bo Dallas, Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Justin Gabriel, and Michael McGillicuddy. And uh, McIntyre was unjacked, right? Like yeah, he tiny. Was, he was weird, lanky, kind of like he's big, but it's like a weird, like kind of almost looks like a sea monster. Yeah, <laughs> that's like he baby, literally baby face, clean shaven Drew, right? Literally, like, 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 hit the, like it. It, it took him growing out weird, dark chest hair yeah. 
And it felt like though, like the chest hair that he was like shaving off and just keeping inside his body was holding his muscles back. Because the moment he went onto the indies, did that fucking PWG run, impact run, did like that, Evolve. like yeah, the wild with Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano in a <laughs> yeah, fucking like king of the indies, like across the globe for like six months, basically. Like he won like the impact title. And was out of impact within, like, a month. Like, just shit like that. Like, suddenly he came back with, like, super dark and hairy and just gigantic, like, Looking out of nowhere. Looking way more handsome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now hangs out with Wee Man on red carpets. <laughs> they look like they were having a blast. Oh, so, you, yeah, you, you, you get slammed by, by Brock, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, Wee Man had the best weekend. Yeah. Best Rumble weekend. <laughs> and so, like, in this, like, you see, like almost kind of where they're going because obviously you're going to put the title on somebody young and you're going to put the title on like uh, one of the guys that's going to actually be there all the time. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you see like Richie Steamboat getting in there and he goes to the second round. Jinder Mahal goes to the next one. But again, Jinder's already had that main roster run. Mm-hmm. Same with Drew, same with Justin Gabriel, same with Michael McGillicott. Same with all those guys, except mm-hmm. Steamboat, Kruger er, and Rollins. Rollins wins it, and it's a pretty decent match. Rollins versus Gender. Yeah. Mm. Um, Gender's doing his job right. He's the big, like he looks gigantic in that tiny, like setting like that, and like he's the the giant, the monster for Seth Rollins. And Seth is still like indie, indie Seth Rollins like style and look, and like he's not as jacked as he is now, and um, it's it's a pretty decent match, but. Seth Rollins is the inaugural champion. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of sets the tone of a lot of what is starting to happen in this time of NXT. Okay. Because then you get um, people like the former El Generico, Sami yeah. Zayn. So real quick, in July, July 11, 2012, Bray Wyatt debuted. Mm-hmm. October 31st, 2012, Roman debuts. And then... Uh, Sammy debuts in August of 2013. So Roman had already been like a guy in FCW. Okay. Liaki. Okay. Mm. But then he was like this weird, like kind of sports guy. And it was like, it was a bad character. Like, like, mm. o- like Oakley's and like carries around like, uh, like one of those little stringy backpacks with him or like what? Yeah. Just like he was like a star athlete guy. And like, oh, okay. like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, just the blue some... chipper. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't that good at that time. It was also it's also very weird seeing Roman Rings and trunks. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't want to see those leggies. Yeah. <laughs> you put them away, Roman. Hide them. Long boys Roman. only. Long boys only. And so also the initial like Bray Wyatt character was so much more Waylon Mercy than what ended up on TV, um like uh, main roster TV. Mm. Like or Kate Fear, whatever you guys' mm-hmm. uh, point of reference is gonna be, but um, mine is obviously the the pro wrestling one. <laughs> oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Funny thing with this is, remember last uh, last time we talked about the NXT season with a guy named Eli Cottonwood. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He was initially in the Wyatt family. Oh. In the mm-hmm. test runs of everything. Yeah. I I fucking he was love. Gonna be uh, I think Rowan. Like, Rowan Big Red wasn't going to be there. So was I it love always, faction what ifs. Was it, like, yeah, they're, it's one of my favorite too. things. Was it always Harper and Rowan and that was it? No. Oh, okay. oh yes, 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 yes. Like yes. on TV? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. 
and Randy. I think, on, I think Bray, at some point, Bray will probably deserve his own episode. I, only because I think it's so strange that somebody who his is like... His career is fascinating. Well, and because he was Bray, I mean, like, unless, I, from my knowledge, it's not like he was an indie guy. I mean, he was a, a second generation... Third. Third generation superstar in there, but he was he has, like, a creative mind that, like, is just so anti-WWE, like, tradition, but that is exactly what he was born and bred into. Well, it's really but strange. also, it's not, because it's, this is just, like... <laughs> that's true. I mean, You might get mad at me for saying this, but this is, like, if the Ministry of Darkness... Not the Ministry of Darkness. No, that's true. Who's, I mean, who's, it, who's the WCW guy? The Dungeon of Doom. Oh, Dungeon, Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, that Doom, is, that is insulting. But okay, good. But good, yeah. It's like, no, I mean, it's, it's creepy. It's I guess like, there's always supernatural, it's creepy, Ministry weird of characters. Darkness mixed with Wayland Mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, serial killer. It's like, or it's culty. And it's that, like, that, yeah, that's Ministry of Darkness. And Wayland Mercy was essentially the guy from Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, it was done um, well. The date, yeah, the I've, promos were done well actually, because Wayland Mercy did his promos fantastic. And yeah. Those, it's, that's one of the also biggest what ifs in wrestling history because his body was just like done by the time he had that character, but that character mm. was so good and like it seems like they really were behind it. He just literally couldn't go in the ring anymore. Yeah, and he he is Bray has charisma out the wazoo, and, and I think angry. that's why the fiend failed. I, I also think we we the reason we, we won't get into that as but. to why everything was working so well is that he also came in there with a chip on his shoulder mm. <laughs> and i think a lot of these guys did well yeah he was husky harris you gotta and you gotta Seth get Rollins, back from that yeah my name's point. fat <laughs> yeah, like, i gotta really fucking deliver here guys my name is fat uh, um like seth rollins at this point was already almost fired he was already labeled as a problem like um, difficult to work with, quote unquote. Kind of yeah, I, I, I think you're probably going to see a pattern of uh, people who have different styles than Bill DeMott probably wanted being labeled as difficult. <laughs> yep. But, and then always remember that that label still gets applied to every black person in the world. Well, I say, and you hear it too in Hollywood too. Like, oh, she's so difficult to work with. It's like, well, also imagine the industry she's fucking working in. Dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's difficult. I feel that like some people are definitely difficult to work sure, with. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Egos, I, I, egos are all over that industry. And, and how huge. old was Seth? I bet Seth was a little shithead. Yeah, definitely. He, well, he yeah, he's young. still he. This is still before he dated a Nazi. So. <laughs> yeah. He still had some mistakes. Well, to cheated make. on his sorry, cheated on his wife, <laughs> broke up his marriage broke with up a his Nazi. Marriage with a Nazi. He seems happy now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, people can change. So with his, also with his baby the gravy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard Nazi and baby gravy in the same time in my ears, and that that absolutely <laughs> man. I blacked some, out for a that's, second. That's some when Oster jerks off to screwdriver. <laughs> Ooh, some things you know some Nazi deserve- baby gravy. <laughs> Some things deserve to be the episode title, but just can't but be. Just can't be. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, you got to listen it. an hour yeah. and nine minutes in before you get okay. to the gold. Yeah, let's um, go. But, but to go along with it, uh, this is something that held true up until the very end of uh, the black and gold era of NXT, is that once you had Hunter, you were set. Once yeah. you were ready. Once you had Hunter in your corner, it did not matter whatever the head trainer thought whatever any of the producers thought, because then you had the boss. The arm over the and shoulder so, point picture. Then you have fucking Seth Rollins doing Phoenix splashes, doing fucking uh, 
small package drivers doing all these fucking moves because he was the guy now because he told Triple H he had a meeting with him. This was on one of the untolds. It's like, I, oh no, this is the the Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions. He was talking. It's like I went up to Hunter and I was like, "Hey, make me your champion. Give me the ball. I will run with it and I will score. Like, let me be this guy." Hunter listened to him and did. It, it's it's a good thing that Hunter for sure never watched Ring of Honor because <laughs> see how much the crowd fucking hated Seth Rollins there. Bro, if I can't buckle they, bomb someone, I'm gonna take a nap out there. They hated him because like he also like was always gonna end up in WWE and like that's mm. one of the reasons. And then also, I mean, he was in the heel group Age of Fall with like Jimmy Jacobs and shit. Yeah, which was this some fun matches. Tax, being fucking fantastic, by the way. Um, anyway, one of the other big changes, aside from the indie wrestling, um, kind of little sprinkles that you're gonna you start seeing in there, was women's wrestling. And mm-hmm. I feel like we need to really mm-hmm. talk about the effect that, especially even in this era of NXT, of what they were really fucking doing. This they is before Sasha. Punches. This is before Bailey became big stars. Yeah, they were on the show. They were generic, just geeks. Yeah, Bailey was just whatever, right? She oh a, man, she was the super fan. Yeah, yeah. You, okay. If you want it, like, I already talked about that untold, and we earlier talked about like the impact of like the promo classes and shit. Go watch that untold and see Sasha literally crying out of nerves during promo class trying to deliver a promo and Bailey like b- being dog shit like <laughs> yeah. absolutely terrible versus where they were even by this point and then where they are now oh my you god know, and I know that there's so much more of a picture to be filled in but like just as we look towards that other bookend of NXT arrival for this episode it was like it is strange to think like we're still of course we're still in the divas era mm-hmm. but it was like it was like oh this match has time like uh, Emma versus Paige, like this match has time. This match feels like someone behind it actually gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I'm sure leading up to that, that was incremental, but it was like, it was, it, it was kind of interesting to look back and be like, this predates the, you know, the evolution, but there was clearly like consideration. There were seeds. Being put towards it. Seeds. I, I you like, you can track this back, like through like women's wrestling, like, it always just needed people to get behind it. And there just never were enough. Like Fit Finley, is like famously the one who like started putting together the women's matches and is the main producer and he's really responsible for like you know Trish and Lita and all that stuff like and that he loves good to era. fight. He loves to fight. Um, I I honestly wonder if like his influence spread to guys like Regal who would respect Fitz's opinion. Yeah, they're like, like oh maybe I should also, pay more attention to to women's wrestling and also. I hate this, but Stephanie this McMahon being a brand gonna... manager, mm-hmm. Noah is like. This during this era, like I, you know, say this as like person who's worked in marketing for a lot of years, like that was a big marketing thing. Is like when, like, some like real serious issues for women, like, were we starting to get talked about more, and like there was verbiage out in like, in language out in main cult, like stream culture talking about, yeah, like uh, talking about women's issues that had been like, you know just like not talked about and this is even like and then like prior to me too and stuff where that really blew up um stephanie is a very is very good at her job mm-hmm. and she, i i bet she's like influenced hunter to be like this is important for business in the next few years they're not listening to me uh in the main offices at wwe right now like dad's not li- will 
also, my, my dad my dad isn't listening to me but my husband might also um like this is like ronda rousey came into um mm-hmm. prominence in 2012 That's oh. with, with ufc um but another thing is that hunter and steph have daughters mm-hmm. right yeah, he's a father of daughters. And I think he was like, here's something that we can use to differentiate ourselves. I'll be good to you. From like the, the, the main roster. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. John Mayer podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then like Stephanie like also probably wanted to do that as well. And seeing like the big pictures like, oh, we can like this can be for our daughters and we can have like something that's a little bit different. And also it's going to look really good as like our brand. Like right. thinking about this in such like a very high level view as a business person, but then also as like people, um, it was a such a change because you had people like Paige who were there. They got Charlotte Flair, um, who at first was just Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Don't like, mm-hmm. and like they were they make sure never to call her Charlotte Flair, but it's like letting her and Natalia go out there with Rick and Brett in their corners, and just go and fucking steal the show. Just steal the fucking show and have a fantastic mm-hmm. match. And it's like you were getting two minute, three minute divas matches on the main roster by these poor women who were just thrown to the wolves. Like Cameron mm-hmm. from the Funkadactyls got yeah. like three months of training before she's on the road full time. Jesus. You had like Eva Marie, who was just put on the main roster. And you know this is obviously a little bit further down the road. But so was but, it kind of was it the 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 attention and kind of the like the the you know just the in- the attention and intention that went into women's wrestling in NXT was that what sparked the conversation and then be like why is this not on the main roster was it yes. the, yeah mm-hmm. it, it because, was directly the NXT sort of programming that was like you're already doing this here oh, what the fuck over here dude. Exactly, because the the give so like all that stuff the give divas a chance like hashtag thing that that was like what 2015 you said something like, like that like 2014 because it's the WrestleMania 2016 when they retired the divas title like yeah. that's that's pretty recent if you think yeah. about it but like um like so it took that like NXT was starting to gain momentum and starting to gain fans and like people were I there were more people watching the main roster like product that were also watching other types of wrestling for the first time since WCW because they were watching NXT. They were watching like indies and stuff. This stuff was all starting to blow up and people were like, Oh, like women's wrestling's good. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And and, like, they just went out there and like by hiring Sarah Del Rey as well. Um, Mm. they really like were, it, it was like, you could tell they were serious about, like actually kind of wanted to make a change. Yeah, and, because and you then they put, see... the, the proof was in the fucking pudding when mm-hmm. like on NXT like we'll get to it, but it's like NXT arrival, like the semi main event is Paige and Emma because it's for a title. Mm-hmm. Like it's for the the women's title and they called it the women's championship. It's like you had focus on Charlotte Flair or Charlotte. You had focus on even though she wasn't the best, like Summer Ray. Like she was getting a good shove. Emma, like out the, like Emma was getting a huge shove. Then with her weird gimmick, Paige, like out the gate, was like, you could tell she was gonna be great. And so I mean, like, you look at the kind of the, the overall painting, and you're like, all right, you got Seth Rollins as the champ here. You got Paige being the champ here, and then you know for the tag titles, you got Neville and Oliver Gray. So it's like, yeah, you got small, young, 
up and comers who are you're, mm-hmm. you're making a statement by your roster of champions there being like this is this is the new guard i didn't just say it in my fun voice at the show <laughs> this is the new generation i mean he, he did say it with his fun voice but it wasn't just words it was actions <laughs> yeah and so it's like it was just cool because it was like um i got a whole um fucking tournament too they did with the nxt tag titles and it seemed important because you had like the wyatt family uh oliver gray and neville were called british ambition um you had like the ascension like you had these different teams it's like oh they're kind of focusing a little bit more on wrestling and then also they would have the characters it's Mm -hmm. like you had really weird characters that were a little over the top but it's like you could tell they were tinkering and they were trying to find stuff and something about that is so i i just enjoy it's very it's like almost vulnerable if you will it's like Mm -hmm. they're willing to change that way and it's like you don't get that within wrestling like where it's like oh like yeah we're listening we're developing too it's like you kind of like we're on this cool journey especially when you started there and that's what it felt like it felt like oh like we're at the start of something and they're working out everything it's like we get to really develop with these people and that was such a cool thing at nxt and especially like with the women's division it's like i remember when fucking becky lynch showed up and she was doing her little weird like irish her irish jig (laughs) yeah or it's like sasha banks just showing up in gear bailey showing up backstage and just bothering natalia (laughs) like her gimmick was she was the super fan Mm-hmm. Like Charlotte, like having the weirdest, shittiest music, even before her theme that she has now, and just being like, like, oh, she's gonna be good one day. Mm-hmm. Um, being, I remember watching the Charlotte versus Natalia match, and it's like it was so good because mm-hmm. like they were like Natalia was actually given a chance to wrestle, and it's like, oh, she is really fucking good. She has a heart, and it's like they put so much importance on it. And you said this word like intention, like. They, like there was intent behind what they were doing with women. They weren't just a bathroom break. It was a big part of the show. And at times, especially as we keep going further into NXT, it was it was the focal point of the mm-hmm. show. It was mm-hmm. what brought everything together. You know, and just the, hearing like too, like you know, like the idea of like tournaments that's coming up a lot. NXT was li- was like was relying on tournaments. It seemed like they were really taking the sports entertainment aspect, dialing up the sports. And obviously keeping entertainment in there, but like it, it seems like we're it's, presenting you actual athletes who can actually do this craft in a really good way, and we're it, treating it, it with respect and we're treating the audience, treating the audience with respect. Dial down the entertainment part either. It's no, they like, just crank the sports up a little bit. Yeah, it's like oh, we needed to fucking do both of these. Uh, well, they didn't have the full. I mean, NXT at this point didn't have like you know the full writing like staff of the main roster and stuff like that like writing was still kind of developmental for them at this point they too had, like, and a guy tur- and tournaments are f- tournaments are free storyline mm-hmm. yeah. like easy you, and they're fun like you can develop you know personal storylines within it but you don't have to motivate a match it's just part of the tournament it's a great way to get like dream matches you know it's uh, more tournaments 2022 more tournaments and mm-hmm. so another thing that is that happened and as I was kind of speaking on was the like, you feel like you're going on journeys with these guys. And the crowd started to do that as well. And you so, kind of just feel like you're just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's just like you a kind city of. City boy, born and raised in South Detroit. You really, like like you really feel connected with a lot of these people because it's like, oh, I remember you when you were doing shit. And like, I've seen like your journey. You just go along for the ride with them. And so then you get like super cool people and characters coming out, like Big E. Mm hmm. 
He is the second NXT champion when Seth Rollins got called up. Um, he beat Seth Rollins for the title. And it's like his whole claim and rise was the five count thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like that got so over. And also, that theme song he had was so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like stuff like that. It's like, oh, there's like this. It's like this really like it's a big, huge billion dollar corporation. But they were able to kind of get this energy that felt so grassroots it because was they were always so forgotten and developmental mm-hmm. and it was something different it was hitting these different like taste buds if you will because it's like oh we don't get this over over mm. here when you hear from Mommy. like Sha- you hear from sean michaels like two talking about it like we just we had the opportunity to take everything we loved about pro wrestling and just toss it in a show he did not say it like that <laughs> no, no, I'm not. My voice would hurt too bad. To <laughs> I'm looking at the floor and I'm looking at you at the same time. <laughs> but um, okay, I'm talking a lot. Anybody? Uh, anything yeah, to say? I think I think maybe we should uh uh, as we look talk about arrival. Our, our rival next week. We can talk. And, about no, it. we can yeah. talk about it. There's not much. Yeah, yeah, we well, can just get to it. Like rival is not that this, much. We, I feel like we've set the stage well of like this is what they're presenting. This is what they're saying. Uh, it's like this is the next generation. They are proving it, and it's all leading towards their actual first like pay per view. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, here's the thing about Arrival: it's not good, but it's the foundation of everything that is great, and it has good parts to it. It's a fucking TNA pay per view, basically. Great opener, yeah. great main ski, good women's match. Watching rest, it this morning, rest, I was the like, rest happened. That's the thing. I was like watching it this morning, and just made me think of takeovers being like, "Oh my god, you just get five good timed out matches, and it's just good show." And so, yeah, NXT Arrival is the first ever live streaming event on the WWE Network. So it was the test run essentially. It was the yes. test run for Mania absolutely. Um, this was February twenty seventh, two thousand fourteen. And so, you know, we're a couple year or year and a half into NXT as this. It's getting a lot of got a lot of praise, especially from like the indie wrestling crowd and critics, because it is doing things a little bit different. You know, you had guys like Sami Zayn, the former El Generico, show up. Neville is getting his big rise. He's starting to really climb and you're getting these fantastic performers. Um and they're just kind of all heading away over in Orlando. But if you know the secret little knock and handshake, you get in there. And it's it's awesome. So, NXT Arrival, take it away. Uh, it starts uh, with Triple H Are doing his ready? thing. Doing his thing. Oh, it starts with the worst mistake of NXT is changing their music. I like it too, though. No. The, 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 next, the, the next song still is good. Who who is what is it? Is it just WWE? Because it sounds familiar. Is it, is it CFO dollar sign? It sounds like shitty Motorhead, basically. I couldn't um, tell you. I'm I'm looking up. I've never known who does the song. I've yeah. heard the song countless times. I, I, in my head, it's it's Wrestle Rock theme yeah. four. Yeah, it's just it's song was... by WWE Music Group. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I didn't like it, um, and. So we get Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. Just uh, a fucking classic. I, and what, what, Cesaro, what, what, Cesaro was on the main roster tag teaming with Jack Swagger. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. that was that was so weird to me. Uh, at this Mania coming up is when he 
body slams the big show over the top rope to win the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal and become a Paul Heyman guy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's a long, so in that long line. So was this last uh, NXT match? This was kind of, mm. actually, I think so. I think they, so, yeah. At the end, uh, Sammy and Cesaro hug. Yeah, so he was a guy mm. that they would bring in there to try to help some guys along and to get him more seasoning um, as like character work and shit and just try okay. just just to I don't know, just have him fucking. But you out. look at it too, like so that match right there that kicks off the show. Uh, I'm looking really, at it here. I think over it, 20 minutes. It's the longest match on the show, and it really mm-hmm. just seems like sit down and fucking look, look at this, and it, it's, it's just like so good. It's, it's Giving people to time to figure out their their new logins and stuff to the network. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> get it up and running. It, it felt so different. Um, yeah. And it just and it really sets the tone like and kind of sets the table for like what's going to be happening in the future, but it was so good. Sami Zayn is the fucking best. Yep. Cesaro is the best base for any lucha type offense ever. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I I can't talk about I could talk endlessly about this match because it's just so good. Yeah, if we ever get Claudio and you know over in AEW that. Him versus Phoenix is literally... Oh, wow, yeah. Actually, I'll do... It's not an AAW. One better. Versus Him versus Vikingo Jr. Or whatever. I can't remember yeah. which one it is. El Hijo That's del really Vikingo? good. Yeah, El Hijo del Vikingo. That is the actual... My little one number one dream match now. Well, cool. <laughs> so you guys should go check out Vikingo. And so um, NXT showing really, though, is still developmental. Mm-hmm. With the next um, match, Mojo. Oh, I, I was gonna say, Parker? on commentary throughout because every on our, this drove me fucking crazy. On NXT arrival, no one commentator ever finishes their story before they have to go back to the match, and like Tom Phillips has to like interrupt them. So it's a little anecdote, and it's like, better oh, roll up. <laughs> Literally, never one, and then never go back to the stories. It's also, baffling. Also, you guys see the ring announcer. Is it Brandy? Eden Styles, oh. who is Brandy oh, Rose. Oh, wow, missed it. Missed that. Yeah. Wow. I, I heard, I, I, I heard skipped the person right, talking, but... I skipped right through Mojo Rawley and, and CJ so Parker. So I didn't know Mojo went this far back. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Mm. And was the hype bro that far back? Yeah, so he was, uh, I don't get hyped, I stay hyped. And that was kind of like one of their, like, like oh, let's try to get a, this kind of character over. That was Braun Breaker... Part one. Well, I mean, to be fair, too. I mean, Ron Breaker really part one is uh, his dad. But. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to be fair, though, like with Mojo Raleigh, it really does seem like he just took himself and turned it up a little bit. Like that is what I don't, say a great wrestler. I don't, even know, about, like, I don't even know about how much he had to turn himself up. I don't think he did. Uh, go, watch Breaking Ground and to see Zack Ryder annoyed by someone being annoying. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's corny to say I stay hype, but some people live it. And he I, does. Mojo Raleigh does live. Yeah. And well, so, and not. I think he's chilled out officially now. After I don't know if you guys saw the stories. He he had long COVID for 13 months. That'll slow you down. <laughs> so he like just got over it. So this shows that it's still a developmental show. Mm-hmm. Very developmental match. Um, it was used to really just get fucking Mojo over, and that's it. I hate his finish. Yeah, yeah. the jumping I- sit. <laughs> tell me what. So not tell me what too cool was there. No, let's not even get into it too much. Okay, you're right. We, was... I know. Yeah, you're right. I don't. I didn't. I also skipped past it. How I... fucking 
dare you. Why was Too Cool there? Is it just for like a celebrity pop, a little fun nostalgia pop there? I get that. Dolph Ziggler was on NXT 2.0 this week. Same thing. Get some eyes on it. Have a little surprise for everybody logging into the network. Be able. They did this. Byron did this call. It's like, oh, and you can go watch back everything that Too Cool has done Mm -hmm. on the WWE network. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You give a little. Pro- of course, it's all business. Also, it's all business. It's, I, I like Scotty Too Hotty. I'm not mad at it. It's two guys that have a name. Get the crowd pumped up. That the your team can beat. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, that was a fast forward one for me. <laughs> I uh, I loved it. I was like, turn it up, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. Oh, it's the Ascension's music. Awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, awesome. fucking mm-hmm. rips. That's the best part of the match. Uh, Emma versus Paige. Steph comes out, gives a little speech. I don't think generic white dance is a character, but yeah, it was Emma, to be, Emma it was insane. It was supposed to be kind of quirky, awkward, like girl next door vibes, you know, and does like the little dance and shit. Mm. Now it's weird kid at the school dance I, alone, which was me, uh, which was which, me, which became that... an essential part of your, the create a wrestler toolkit in the WWE games. That is my favorite to give to your wrestler. I honestly think that's what it was. What can you do that someone in the crowd could see from? Yep. Yep. 100 yards back. That's so, all it is. But it's like... In a, hindsight, so I was mad when she got called up because she's like, oh, she just fucking put with Santino. And it's like, it's she just like already like, can't like do shit. Looking back at it now, it's like, a oh, fucking course she was. She was just a comedy character. Like, she could wrestle really well. But it's like, it was just a comedy mm-hmm. character that was dancing and being goofy. Totally. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect she... to to Neil Dashwood. I do think she was really fun. No, no disrespect. No, and like, I, and iPad case. No, I'm kidding. She was the she was you know Oscar's liaison up to the uh, the the main roster. Oof, as well. Yeah, like hey man, she's one of those like really tragic Whoa, things. Like that's she's the just same person. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No disrespect. I honestly it's the think same name, Derek, and the same face and well, person. I'm yeah. sorry, you don't got to be so condescending about it. <laughs> um, I remember that that Emma. I thought it was a different Emma. Same Emma, she's younger. No, no also, she's well, she's a big what if what if because yeah. she she was a really good worker. She just fell right in between when she would be appreciated or for either her looks or her skill, and just fell in between both. Yeah, and so like I could see why that gimmick didn't translate to the main roster. And yeah. then Paige comes out, who's like twenty one at the time, mm-hmm. and a, just a baby already owns the ring already owns the crowd has such charisma just everything she does has like intention behind it. it's like oh yeah no fucking shit like your whole family's all wrestlers and it fucking shows mm-hmm. yeah and like it's, of course they're like we got to really showcase why women are different let's get the two people who have been wrestling since they were like 13 yeah right yeah yeah, yeah it totally was, it was a fantastic that match was so match. good was another really one good that's match. the third third longest at uh like just about 13 minutes which is, but at the time too, like what we were saying, like this is pre give divas a chance. This is like you're used to two minute, three minute matches. To have thirteen uh, minutes of just like go out and kick each other's ass, cool. I, I I'm guessing it was like a Trish like match at WrestleMania like ten years before this. The last time women got thirteen minutes in a match, exactly like straight up. Like I, I can't think of another time it would even be like applicable to what they were doing in WWE. Even even Trish and Lita matches were like nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the like they never went this long. No, it was really fun to watch. That was a that was mm-hmm. a great one. Page retained. Yep, good stuff. 
Uh, then we had uh, Xavier versus Tyler Breeze, but uh, Rusev comes out. Was oh, he but... already on the main roster? Yeah, so this is 2014. He had okay. just uh, was in the Royal Rumble. Was oh, okay. he Alexander, or was yeah. he just Rusev at this point? Alexander, Rusev. And then um, we had talked about this person before, Mike Dalton. This is when it saved his job was turning into Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Had he it. he had the fan the Tyler Breeze gimmick like way back then. He was doing that for a long time. Yeah, so he like it was around this time is when he went from Mike Dalton to Tyler Breeze, started doing the male model stuff, and that's that saved his career. That yeah, saved his job. I love that story. Like he and he and Xavier just sat down and like pitched gimmicks for him for an entire day to each other, and then like. That's where Tyler Breeze came from. It's just them working on it. And then That's so cool. I love that. Xavier Woods was already on the main roster. Um, he was our truths friend. He was oh, okay. introduced as our truths friend was for the second time in his career. Um, <laughs> and then also was then paired with the Funkadactyls and just took Brodus Clay's music. Okay. That's okay. when he had the "Somebody Call My Mama" song. <laughs> it ended in no contest. I I don't. How did yeah, because Rusev came out and beat him. Oh, that's right. That's it right, was right, just right, a right, showcase right, right, right. for Rusev. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was thirty-five then, seconds. Does he stay in NXT? Uh, he kind or of hang out like floats. I, a little I feel bit like floats. a lot of people float. Yeah. So he had just kind of gotten called up, and now okay. this is like him getting a little bit more of a showcase and going up and all that. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we the main event is Neville versus Bo Dallas, the champion Bo so, Dallas. So Bo Dallas is the champ. So let's do a quick rundown of how he got there. So. Biggie was the champ. Then what happened? You say, okay. So Seth Rollins loses it to Biggie. Biggie's a champ, but only for a little bit because he gets called up pretty fucking fast after this. He's yeah, because he was He's in like a thing move. with John Cena uh, for a he, second, and AJ Lee. He, he's um he's Dolph Ziggler's muscle. Okay, 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 okay. And it, it, that that group is like so over. Like that they were a big, huge deal. Like. That never quite turned out to be as good as they should have been. Yeah. So, what was Bo Dallas's run like, and how did Neville catch him? Uh, what? How did how did Neville catch up to him, and what was Bo Dallas about Bo Dallas as a champion like? Okay, so Bo Dallas was fine as a champion. So, so Bo they, Bo beat Biggie. Yes. Yeah, so Bo. Okay. Beats okay. Biggie. Okay. And what happens with Bo Dallas is that they realize nobody likes him. Yeah. Because I I realized in that promo he they, he's doing the similar gimmick from episode one, but he's like leaning into it and being annoying. Exactly, and so they're like, keep the same gimmick, just turn like the annoying factor up, be mm-hmm. a little more over the top. Now you're a heel, and Neville was he was the man gravity forgot. Yeah, yeah. he was just oh, he still is. Dude. He is just a great wrestler, and he's intense and he trains hard. And, and him and Pac are two different people. They're with not. the same same shoulders. He his face looks entirely different. King of the cruiserweights, Neville. You yeah, see. yeah. Mm-hmm. When but, he stops sleeping because Enzo has the title, and he's like his voice is different. He's like he is fascinating to watch at this time. Mm-hmm. He, he now stole, he's scary. So he stole Bad News Barrett's voice I, and became scary. To not, to not um, dive it too much, but this is a big thing with Neville. So. He was on Colt Cabana's podcast, and like mm-hmm. he was very timid. And oh yeah, they, they had stopped even recordings. Like, hey, kind of want to talk a little bit more about this. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. 
He talked just about his insecurities. It's like, if I try super hard, I, I, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. And he was always like, so, like doubting himself so hard because he always thought he was going to end up failing. And that's why he never did tryouts. He was like, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm fine. But then he finally did the tryout and then got a job and then became champion and was doing great things. Even his main roster run up until then, like it was hit and miss. He was supposed to yeah. be like in the ladder match, uh, Mania. Broke the away. funnest part about that Colt interview, though, too, is because you do hear that you know, that really timid guy, and then you see somebody mm-hmm. who eventually took their career in their own hands and was like, "I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. This is actually I I am at a higher level than this. Mm-hmm. I gotta fucking do me." Yeah. And it's and like timid, oh, that's a great story. Timid little Neville from that podcast would have thanked them for that T-shirt design. <laughs> yeah, but it okay, was, so, so it but was, he's catching on. Fans are liking him. Yeah, it's because he's he flying around so fucking good, and uh, that was his gimmick. Is he's just great, and he's the main. And it lands him that main event spot. They kind of amp up like some of the like, kind of like superhero flighty things, like his like his whole like entrance and like everything like that. They try to make him feel important. They did a great job, and he pulls a good match out of fucking Bo Dallas, wins the title, and it really sets the fucking tone mm-hmm. for what starts happening when yeah. he's champion. Because it starts really focusing on these guys. Because I think this is when Hunter saw, oh, that guy came from the Indies. That guy came from the Indies. And they just fucking killed it for me. Mm-hmm. That's what strokes his Now we can put the pedal to the metal next week. And then he sees his champion, the guy. He's like, this is a guy that now that we have the network, we're going to be on the network every week. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's an independent wrestler. Because not that long before... Like, or actually, no, it even happened um, a little bit. I don't remember the exact date, but this is when the Essential were tag champs. I mean, they brought in Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, the American Wolves, and they lost. And he famously said, we have enough Tyson kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You can, a tiger only changes its stripes so often. But then so, so it's much. like when you see, I guess, like the quote-unquote proof is in the pudding and you see it deliver. Mm-hmm. This is where shit starts to change. Mm-hmm. This is our stopping point. Thank yeah, this is when the talk for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is this is where the fucking yeah, this is where the fucking pedal meets the metal, baby. This is where we fucking dive into fucking hell. Yeah, a motorcycle full of flames. Yeah, with the that independent era. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's our our second episode about NXT, the greatest product wrestling ever produced. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to this rebrand, um, y'all. You're not talking uh, about you haven't now. watched Jacked or Metal. Those are the <laughs> greatest shows. Ever. Okay. Okay. Yes. What, you don't want to see Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe like in 1999 and 2000. But Jesus. Before they're somehow before they're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, um, that's, that's the end. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Um, Shawn Michaels is uh, the greatest wrestler uh, of all time. Okay. Debatably. The, the end, the end is going to be next episode because take over the end is, part and of you know, I know zero. we haven't released mm. any of these episodes yet, but I would love, I'm just so grateful for the outpouring of love for Terry Funk that has been pouring into our in- inboxes. Um, and I think we're actually going to get him on the show because of how much you mm, love That's Terry. what that Russian spam from WordPress much, was. No, those are, real, those are real people. Those are real people, and uh, they love Terry, and um, that's, all, that's all that I have to say about that. Okay, okay. Uh, but, yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, Russell Boys 316 says, uh, Jackass forever. 